Hello, and welcome to the Leela Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Tate. This is the show for raw conversations about life and business. Connect, laugh, and enjoy with this week's episode. Welcome to the Leela Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Tate, and I am so excited to bring a dear friend of mine, Vanessa Cecchio, to the show. She is owner, creator of Bachata and Barbells, a personal training, a fit biz alignment, and accountability coach. And uh, I'll read you her bio quickly here. A fitness gypsy by trade, a writer by degree, a pitbull mama by choice, and a believer that there is always some type of alignment within chaos. As a personal trainer, fitness business coach, lover of moving and feeling strong, her focus is to empower her clients and give them the tools they need to step into their strong. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Thank you. I'm so excited that you asked me to be on this. I'm honored and I'm so pumped to talk to you about everything that we usually talk about when we get together. (laughs) I know. As you say that, I'm like, God, we should have every time we talk recorded and then we'll have so many sound bites. (laughs) That could be a whole like series in itself, I feel like, because there's just no like bullshit. It's right into it, right from the beginning. <laughs> stay, stay tuned. Diving deep with Bachata and Leela. <laughs> That's the real deal. Um, well, I yeah. sincerely thank you for being here. And um, one of the things I love most about you is the the real, real that you always bring to the table. And you've been an expander in a lot of ways for me in my life. Um, just kind of renegating through making changes, like creating the life and knowing you the years that I've known you and the transitions that you've gone through. I'm really excited to bring that to listeners and, um, just dive deep into some of your story. Yeah, let's get it. All right. So tell me bachata and barbells, why and how? So, Bachata and barbells, why and how? Actually, it will be when this podcast airs, it will be five years that I started uh, Bachata and barbells. And what it was really created from my, my personal training business was I did, I was doing the corporate thing and I was so miserable. And I, was I did not like the person that I was. I did not like my job. I did not like anything that I was like doing. I just was not happy in my life. I was in a, a bad spot. Um, and when I was in college, I graduated in 2010. When I was in college, I was teaching classes, uh, fitness classes. I worked at the gym and I found something that completely just lit me up and that I love to do. And that was teaching. And that was teaching movement and teaching people how to feel stronger in themselves. Um, so what I, the whole time that I was teaching, that I was in corporate America, I was teaching fitness as well. I had private clients and I, something just clicked in me one day that was like, you can't do this anymore. You can't live this life because you're really unhappy. And you also have a passion for something that you also happen to be good at. So once I quit my job and did a little bit of soul searching that wasn't that deep, uh, Vachata and Barbell was just kind of like formed one day. And 
when I first started, I'll be completely honest, I didn't have any mission statement. I didn't have any core values. I didn't have anything that, you know, to be like a, a, a true business that is really important to have. It was kind of just like a, hey, you know what? I like fitness. I like working out. I'm good at teaching it. So I'm going to do this. And the more I did it, the more I grew to love it. And the more I realized that I wanted to get intentional with how I did it and how um, I brought it into people's lives. So I guess that's like the, the how, or maybe that's the why. That's the why of Bachata and Barbells. And the how is, yeah, it's a little of the how, but the how is just a lot, a lot of work. A lot of work physically, emotionally, mentally. I feel like every year, if I could like go back and look at the five years of my business, each year was a different how. Like, how was it done? And through like evolving as a human being and through evolving as a business, there's a each year aligns with a different how. And I love being able to look back and see that and recognize that. So you're in corporate and you're like training on the side and, and one day like, okay, I can do this full time. And you quit your job and then you start your business that's now five years running. And like, was it that easy? Did you have doubts about starting? You're coming off of a dark no, place to begin with. It was terrifying. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I it was pretty much like just knowing that I, I remember like I would cry at my desk. I was having like anxiety attacks. I'd never had that in my life before. And my cousin actually worked with me in the department. And I remember it was probably like two weeks before I quit my job, like being in the bathroom with her, like sobbing and just like being like, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, so then quit like, quit. What are you doing? And I was like, yeah, you're right. But then, you know, you have that thing in your mind. Like I talked to my parents about it, both my parents as loving parents that just want the best for their kid are like, no, you can't do that. Like, you know, it's a secure job. You have health insurance. You're making good money. It's like the security. And every, I, I wasn't going to take that for an answer. Cause to me, it was like, my happiness and my sanity meant more than making money or having health insurance. And like, I would figure out how to do that myself because being that miserable every day just wasn't worth it. So when I quit my job, I literally asked my boss for a meeting, gave her my two weeks. And that two weeks I was done. I didn't do anything after those two weeks. The day that I left my job, I literally adopted my first pit bull the same night. I was like, all right, let's do this. And I didn't know what this was. (laughs) So no, I had no idea what I was doing when I first quit my job. (laughs) And I think you bring like to light that moment where if you've never gone through it, it might be hard to relate to. I have like the crying at work moment and people could listen to that and be like, what are you talking about? Like, how could you hate something so bad? But I think that's what's the direction and like that inner knowing of like, you are meant for something so different than this. Like your body is just signaling on all, you know, giving all firing on all cylinders, like get out, get out, get out. And without you even really knowing what it means, you're being told that. Yeah. And sometimes you don't 
recognize that a lot of the times I feel like you don't recognize it until you're out of it. Cause like, I think back to those two years that I was in corporate America, I was in a terrible relationship. I didn't have a good relationship with myself. I was a shitty friend. I was a shitty daughter. Like I was not the person who I ever thought I would be. But at that time I didn't see it, you know, because you're just in it and you're going through the motions. And it wasn't until I got out of it, like years later, when I look back and I could think to myself, like, wow, I was truly unhappy. And because of the fact that I was so unhappy, everywhere in my life was unhappy as well. So how did you go from unhappy to happy? And I'm assuming you're happy now. I mean, happy is definitely a blanket statement, but yes, I am a happy person. <laughs> in, in contrast um, to like that time, like, was it all weighted on the business? Like, how'd you start chipping away? Like every area of your life is kind of feeling like a shit show. You, now you're in your business. Were you doing personal work? Like, did you just start hitting crushing awesome workouts? Like, how'd you really, what, what spurred that transition for you? I I think what it really what really happened was I started making choices and I started realizing that I didn't have to go down this path that like society says you have to do that you know when you when you grow up I I had a childhood I grew up with a mother and a father and a sister and I had a great a great childhood and I grew up thinking seeing everyone else around me you grow up you graduate from college, you get a good job, like from where I lived in New Jersey. It's like you get a marketing job in New York City and you go out to happy hours with all the other people that are in New York City. And, you know, Facebook was just starting. It's like you post these pictures on Facebook and everyone looks happy. And like, that's just the way it goes. I think what really clicked in me was I realized that I had a choice and I didn't have to do that. So I didn't have to like go down that path that everyone else did or what everyone thought was quote unquote, like a happy path and a quote unquote, like a good path to go down. Um, so I started making choices. I started realizing that like, I don't have to have a nine to five. I can do different type of workouts. Like as a woman, I could go into the gym and work out with barbells rather than just like dumbbells or doing things that made me toned, you know? So I started making choices that made me happy and not just doing things because I felt like I had to because everyone else was doing it. God, it's so powerful. Like every moment you get a choice and all those choices are like supporting you or not. And like, that's what you just did for five years. Yeah. And once again, I feel like it doesn't hit you until you look back and you recognize that, you know, it's even like, it comes down to even now running a business when you run a business and you are your business, you put every single thing in your life into that. And I, I mean, you know, you run a business. I feel like every other entrepreneur, especially if it's a, a female entrepreneur, says the same thing. It's like you never shut off unless you choose to. Mm -hmm. So if you choose to have boundaries, you're going to have them. If you choose to work 24-7, you are choosing that. But if working 24-7 isn't making you happy where are you going to flip that switch and what choice are you going to make for you to make you happier? You know? So yeah, everything is, it sounds cliche as fuck, but like, I hope I can curse on this. Yeah. I'm assuming I can. Um, <laughs> everything sounds super cliche, but it's the truth. Like you always have a choice. Well, and I think this idea of choices and like what I hear you saying is like, that's how you got to know yourself, right? Like, 
you were yeah. getting like that brainwashing of like the post-college, what life should look like. And then all of a sudden realize, wait, where am I in these choices and start making choices from you? Like that's the self-discovery process, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. It was a very like, it was a very eye-opening thing where it's like, oh, I can make a choice. Oh, I could have my own opinion about this. I can disagree with someone because that's what I choose to do. It's a very, yeah, I think empowering is the right word. You know, you're making me think about habits and patterns and how like that takes away from choice, right? Because things are habituated. And so even today, I could be getting into habits and patterns that are taking me away from my choices in each moment. Do you find yourself coming into that now? And what's an example of that? Definitely. I think it's it's a very like, nothing is linear. So nothing in life is linear at all. So when it comes to choices and patterns, it can be the littlest thing where it's like, I try to create really strict boundaries for myself when it comes to working and shutting off because I've been in that point of burnout because I was that person. Like after I started my business that was just working 24 seven and I found myself back in that like unhappy state. So creating boundaries is something that I am learning to be super like strict on, I guess you can say, Mm -hmm. but it's little things like using social media. Like when I wake up in the morning, I don't go on my, I don't go on social media for the first two hours. And before I go to bed, I don't go on it for an hour before I go to bed. It could be a little thing. Like I am crossing my boundaries and I go on social media right when I wake up. And that little tweak in my day, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do it this once. But then I see it happens one day. It happens two days. It happens three days. And it's like you see that pattern shift and you have to revert back to why you created those boundaries and why you made that choice in the first place. Why did you create that boundary with social media? Because I would go insane if I didn't. (laughs) Um, Social media is such a powerful aspect when you are running a business and just in general, but it's also, I think there's a very fine line of how it works in power, like how it works for you and how it works against you. You know, it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole. Like I know personally, it's very easy for me to go down the rabbit hole of imposter syndrome if Mm -hmm. I'm on social media too much. And I'm seeing all these people on it that, you know, there's a lot of fitness people out there, whether they're coaches, whether they're trainers, that's all over social media. So that rabbit hole of going down that is, it could happen quickly. And that's when I start to go into that cycle of like, I'm not good enough. You know, this person's doing it. Why am I going to do it? So I think it's important to create boundaries around social media so that doesn't happen. And it's also, how do you genuinely connect with social media? There's ways that you can, but there's a lot of ingenuine connection out there. And I'm not, I'm not down with that. Um, I having this like visual of just all these things like flowing at you at one time. And then it's like, nothing's landing, nothing's connecting like that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's over information overload sometimes. So if you don't have the boundaries around it, it's easy to get caught up in that. When you find yourself mentally wondering how you're going to position whatever you're eating or drinking at every meal for the social media picture, (laughs) maybe it's time for a break. 
maybe it's time to create some boundaries. <laughs> I'm, my fiance, Brendan, is not on social media. And so it's like being, it sometimes feels like two different planets. It's And it's like, that. how can that be such a simple thing that can make such a big deal? But I think social media naturally puts this lens on where you're looking at things just a little bit differently and it can take you a little bit out of your present. Absolutely. And as much as you know that not all that shit is real on social media, it's hard to detach from that sometimes when that's all you're seeing. Yeah, there is. Years ago now, I did a 30-day social media cleanse and I feel like that was before it was even as infiltrated and like it almost felt easy right now being on social media for 30 days is like, yeah, probably not going to do it. And it is that intentional business aspect of it, right? Like where it feels a little harder to step away from, Uh, but it's it's a little tricky. Yeah, totally. Because it is, you know, it is, it's such a powerful tool. Like my business would not be where the position it's in without social media, but it is now, especially, I feel like it's time that just takes over everything. So there is that fine line of like, if I didn't go on social media for 30 days, my business could potentially like lose momentum because like, of that. And that, that's scary. Nearly, nearly shut down ish. Like the feeling of that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So it's important to have the boundaries of with that around so- it. So what's getting you most fired up right now in your life? What's getting me most fired up? Well, like I said, when I think when this airs, I would have hit five years in my business, which is super yeah, cool girl. because, yeah, it's it's the first time that I think I actually just wrote this last night. Like, it's the first time I could, like, sit back and confidently speak about it and confidently feel like I'm in a spot that I should be. And... It's weird to say that because I'm in such a transition spot right now. Like I'm about to um, launch a whole new side of my business and I just feel clear on it. Like I know this is the way that it's supposed to go because this is what I'm supposed to do. And to be at that five year and then transition. But with that transition, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm trying to just stay as open and detached to any outcomes as possible to keep my myself clear. So that's got me really excited. And it has me really proud of myself awesome. that I, I've been doing this for five years. You know, I've created, I've touched a, a lot of lives. I have a really, really great support system. Like clients that are with me are amazing. Like I've had majority of my clients have been with me for almost this whole journey, which I think is really, really cool. Okay. Like they've seen me grow. I've seen them grow. Like, you know, I'm seeing like women who I trained for their weddings are now having babies. Like you see the evolution of life as mm-hmm. a personal trainer. And that's really, really powerful to see. So I think the thing that has me fired up the most is where I am in my business. But then also knowing like I'm just getting started. The the beginner's mind is always there. Yeah. The fool has been trolling me like all year. I pulled <laughs> the fool this morning and I looked back at like my, my uh, journal for the past year. And it's literally, I know, I didn't realize how many times it's, it's trolled me this year and it's starting to make sense now. Why? <laughs> yeah. It's for those of you that aren't a uh, tarot, tarot verse. Uh, she's talking about her tarot cards, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, so can you tell our listeners what the fool means? 
So the fool is like the beginning of a journey and it's going into that journey knowing nothing. It's almost like the fool could be a human or a person or whatever it is. You're just going in with an open mind and you're excited because you don't know what's going to come. And it's kind of like that. Not, I don't want to say naive, but kind of a little naive, like nothing could go wrong. But that mindset, when you go into a new transition, I think is so powerful to have because as soon as you start to like attach yourself to outcomes or as soon as you start to self-doubt yourself, then whatever it is you're about to start on is going to start a little lower because you have that. So when you go into something with an open mind and with little of a naive mind, you can't fail. The, uh, so. I, there's, I love this quote I heard recently. You have to be a hundred percent certain to have a 50% chance. A hundred percent certain. I like that. Right. And I'm like, damn, that like, makes you think Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be a hundred percent, like a hundred percent certain of like your transition and your new offerings, like a hundred percent. And I, I think that it's probably not for a 50% chance, but it does make you think in the sense that if you're even 98% certain, like you're giving yourself not the best odds of like it working. Yeah. Yeah. And they said that goes for anything like relationships, everything. And they're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. That's right there. Yeah. And that's so much easier said than done. I feel like especially something that I've really worked on this year is detaching from outcomes because I constantly do this thing. And I know I'm not the only one that I make up scenarios in my head of how shit's going to go before it even happens. And like, whenever I do that, I'll find myself being like pissed off or annoyed or upset and whatever it is I'm going to go into didn't even happen yet. So it's like, I'm making up stories in my head as soon as you detach from that, it takes away all the other negative aspects. The old expectation hangover. Oh, I like that expectation hangover. <laughs> I'm like, are you currently struggling with an expectation hangover? <laughs> are your expectations <laughs> too high? <laughs> have you not given life a chance to unfold? <laughs> you may have an expectation hangover. <laughs> Sounds like it. your infomercial voice is so good. <laughs> Been have you been practicing since I was like three? <laughs> so can you talk a little of the new side of the biz or are you under wrapping it until uh further down the road either works for me no i'm gonna i'll get to talk about it so slide, slide um, that flag so alignment and accountability coaching is my side of fitness business coaching and pretty much what it is is the align you have to be aligned within your brand before you can start to be held accountable for the work that you do with it so for instance like this is like this is a combination of like me paying it forward because I didn't have this when I first started my business so it was a lot of seeing what worked and what didn't and like taking a handful of like spaghetti and throwing it on a wall and seeing what stuck and what diff- what didn't. And also when you, you finally are aligned with your brand and you know who you're um, serving and you know what you're doing and you know why you created this brand and this business and what you can do for other people, then you need to be held accountable for doing all of that. And when you are your own boss, 
being held accountable can be really, really difficult because there's so much work that has to be done. Like you are, I always say like, you are the boss, you're the marketing department, you're the sales department, you're the graphic designer, you're the customer service. Like you are everything when you start a business, like your brand is your business. So when you want to be held accountable for launching a program that you've had in your head for months, but you don't know how to do it, like you need to be held accountable to do it by someone. And I created alignment and accountability coaching to do that and to put that all together. So I'm super excited about it because I, I know it. how helpful it's going to be. Yeah. And it's just, it's really everything wrapped up. And you know, the fitness, fitness business is such such a saturated field, but there's a huge gap in that. Like no one, when you take a certification, when you get certified to be a personal trainer, there is no one to teach you how to do that. There is no one to teach you how to be a good coach, how to inspire your clients, how to make sure that your clients are hitting the goals that they want. And I'm not talking about like hitting a hundred pound squat for the first time ever on a squat rack. I'm talking about how like they're, mental and emotional mind is just as important when it comes to walking into a gym than the equipment that they're going to use. There's no one that teaches you how to do that. There's no one that teaches you how to run your business so you actually make money and how to put systems into place so your schedule doesn't have to be such a shit show. So that's what this coaching is. It's going to be teaching women because I'm going to mainly just be working with women in the fitness industry how to do that. And it sounds too like you created something that you never, you got bits and pieces of, but you didn't maybe have in the way that you're creating it. Totally, totally. It's definitely um, a combination of real life experience, um, coaching that I have gotten in the past, seeing just seeing it. Like I'm such an observer, like uh, observing all different people in the industry, listening to other coaches and fitness instructors, what they don't have and, you know, what causes them stress and where they feel there's a disconnect. So it's, it's really a big combination of everything in the past five years that I have seen, heard, been through, heard from others in one. So it's going to be, I'm going to start it out with one-on-one coaching. And then eventually I want to make it into uh, a group style coaching. So, but I, I think both are beneficial, but I know I personally always do really well with one-on-one. And I think it's important when you're first starting out in your business to be one-on-one with a coach so you can really, really like get in there and get annoyingly clear about why you are in the industry, what you are doing and who you're going to help. The other thing when you said about goals, it's like, I think in fitness, it, sometimes it's not even clear that the other areas you touched on emotional, mental, like that, that could even be a goal that's related, you know? And so absolutely, like you're holding space for all the possible goals and outcomes that you could help clients with and helping other fitness professionals really expand like what you can encompass. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, when you are the mental aspect of being a trainer um, or being an instructor or being a coach, yoga teacher, anything is so important for you as the professional, because if you are not in a spot where you feel aligned or where you feel clear or where, where you feel good, 
it's going to be really, really hard to teach your clients how to do that. And it's going to be really hard to hold that space for your clients. Um, And you're not taught that, you know, like as a fitness professional, you're never taught that. You're never given permission to be like, you know what? You could have a bad day. You could go into a session and be very resistant to hearing what your client is complaining about because you're not a therapist and you're allowed to feel that way. This is what you can do to help yourself as well as help your client in the situation that they're in. You mentioned tarot cards and you mentioned alignment. I can't help but hear a little like sprinkles of spirituality do you identify with that at all in the way you run your business? Do you refer to it as a different name than spirituality? What's that all about? I mean, it's, it's a huge part. Like, I feel like I started on, started really honing in on my spirituality last year when I was in a mastermind um, with my coach, Nagar Fanuni, who I can't say enough good things about this woman. She completely changed my life. Um, And it's always been like, I was raised Catholic. Like I went to church and everything and religion never really like resonated with me, but spirituality does to an extent. And a lot of my self care and self-awareness has come through spirituality. And when it comes to my coaching, I like, kind of dabble a little of it with my clients, but not, I never like force anything on them, you know? Um, but I think it's very, very important because I see how helpful it is and I see how it keeps, it keeps you grounded when you have something else to help you do that. And when you have something else to help guide you. So I don't know if that really answers your question. Yeah, it does. I mean, when I hear you say even alignment, like to me, alignment is like, who am I? Am I aligned with that in my business? And so for me, naturally, there's like an element of spirituality in there. And so then it would be natural for that to come into conversation and say a coaching relationship, because it's like being accountable that I keep coming back to that a place of alignment that has like little sprinkles of spirituality in it. So Uh, Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, like I definitely think I open up that space for clients that maybe aren't spiritual um, or maybe don't have an open mind about it or don't know anything about it. I think I opened it up for those clients and who I do it definitely they see a a positive outlook from it. Um, I definitely I'm so especially lately I'm very observant about the language that my clients use, especially when they speak about themselves and when they speak about, you know, food and anything like that, to be very open to that and try to not shift them, but just always give them permission to feel a certain way, but to let them know that they don't have to feel this way because they've been told they have to feel this way forever. And like, is that even helping them anymore? Right, right. Love it. Um, When are you feeling the most alive these days? What are you doing? Hmm, that's a good that's a good question. I feel like I actually just came off of like a really like my headspace. Like last week I literally had to go uh my like recharge space is the beach. So whenever cool. I feel like I'm just totally burnt out or run down or I need to kind of take a step back, I take a trip to the beach because I live like an hour away. And on Friday, I actually just did that. So I feel completely like recharged and ready to 
with this fitness business coaching, I'm doing a lot of creating for it um, and a lot of the back end work. And when I feel good about that, like I love it. I love to write. That's what I love to do. So I think that's honestly where I feel the most alive right now is when I'm like jamming out, writing all this content about the program that I'm about to launch. Um, And then also working out. Like working out always makes me feel alive. Even if, even if it's a workout that I don't necessarily want to do, as soon as I'm doing it, it makes me, it re-sparks my life of like, oh, this is why I do this because I feel so good when I do it. It makes me, it reminds me how strong I am and it reminds me how I can push myself. And that, and that your heart's beating. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally. <laughs> literally and, yeah. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> literally and literally. <laughs> what are you, what's holding you back at all these days? Um, probably sleep, to be honest. <laughs> Always I don't honesty. get enough sleep. <laughs> I don't get enough sleep. I have my 65 pound pit bull and my husband sleeping with me every night and I love it. I would not have it any other way, but I also have a mind that goes, that has a million thoughts at any second. So as soon as I wake up in the middle of the night, my mind is just all over the place thinking about things. And those things aren't necessarily negative, but I feel like it's very, very hard to shut my mind off. Do you, do you journal or do you have like something you do for that? Yeah, I try and journal at least at least three times a week. I would be lying if I said I did it every day. Um, and my nighttime routine is always get into bed and I read something that has to do with nothing with work. So I'm actually in a book club cool. <laughs> with a few of my friends. We just finished the book. Um, so that kind of kind of turns my mind off a little bit. But yeah, that's that's probably where I feel like I'm held back the most is my sleep and just not getting enough of it. But then again, does anyone ever really get enough sleep? Well, what is enough sleep? I I know. I always tell my clients, they always joke around that like, I'm going to wake up tired for the rest of my life. (laughs) You don't sound tired (laughs) to me. (laughs) I just chugged a cup of coffee. (laughs) Because I'm talking to you, that's why. (laughs) Um, Vanessa, you're the best. Thank you so much for sharing so many nuggets. I'd love uh, if there's anything else you want to wrap today's show up with and then your quote of the day, drop it like it's hot. Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me here. I love talking to you all the time and I hope that everything that I say or just something that I say can resonate with people, especially if they're on that brink of wanting to do something on their own um, or in a spot where they feel stuck in what they're doing, just know that the work is worth it. And you have to do the work. You have to put the work in if you want it to work out, but it is worth it because that's how you are going to create what you feel most aligned with and how it's going to help other people. Um, So don't stop the work. And my favorite quote is do you boo boo? <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, I gotta follow that up with the Missy Elliott quote. Is it worth it? Which one? She has so many good ones. <laughs> no, is it is it worth it? Let me work it. <laughs> Put my thing down, flip it, and reverse, reverse it. it. Is skirt <laughs> somebody <laughs> most mad yet? <laughs>
Uh, my sister went to the VMAs a few weeks ago and she was like the legacy performer and she said that she was just absolutely unreal. Like she crushed it. Oh gosh. It just gets me so excited. And I, I literally was a Missy Elliott karaoke girl for a few years. That was my go-to. <laughs> so if anybody has, if anyone has any footage of that, please uh, email it in. <laughs> The internet is a beautiful thing when it comes to that. Uh, So where can our (laughs) listeners find you, uh, speaking of the ethernets and the interwebs? So you can find me on Instagram at bachata and barbells. That's my Instagram handle. Uh, You can find me on my website, which is www.bachataandbarbells.com. And I do have a Facebook page, but I don't really use it that much. So the best way to find me is through Instagram and uh, my website. And everything, pretty much all of my new offerings or anything I offer, is you can find it on both of those. Cool. Um, yeah. We'll share that in the show notes too. And uh, thank you so much. So do you, boo boo. Do you, boo boo. Thank you so much for having me. Head on over to Instagram at lilolife.co. Give me a like or a follow. And lilolife.co as the website. Check out the free resources. Password is Leela and things there that will change your life if you let them. Have a powerful week and see you next week.